0: Welcome back to the Fantasy Formula, I'm Adam from F1 Fantasy HQ, and I'm joined as always by Rob from F1 Fantasy Hub. Rob, we're filming on Halloween night, and we sure had some scares coming out of the Mexican Grand Prix. How did you think of the race?
1: yeah look, i thought the race was a pretty entertaining spectacle a number of different strategies obviously with the the new tire compound that pirelli introduced that altitude that we talked about last week played probably a factor in a couple of cars performance and you know we saw some surprises in qualifying from lando daniel ricardo um, and a few surprises in the race as well not too many kind of gremlins in any cars reliability or anything like that in the theme of halloween but a pretty um a pretty good race to watch i wouldn't say it was by any means the best race of the season but there are a few moments of brilliance from a number of drivers that made me like wow it's a, it's, it's been a, it's been a good race what what was your take
0: i didn't think it was a bad race and i one of the biggest things for me that made the race more enjoyable was Pirelli bringing the one step softer tyre we had really undermined how many overtakes we were going to see in the race leading up to things, not knowing that it was going to unlock so many different tire strategies. And then you had drivers like Lando and Yuki, they were slapping on the hard tires early, catching up to drivers on the mediums that were reaching the end of their tire window. And that was opening up a ton of great overtakes. So it made for a lot more action than I was giving it credit for in the lead up to the race.
1: Yeah, definitely. I know we also you know, talked about how difficult it is to overtake at Mexico, and we saw some really impressive drives from Lando to come through the field. Yuki, until he spun out, also had a couple of really good overtakes as well. Um, and then, you know, some other cars such as the Aston Martins, which just went up to scratch. Ferrari were in the mix, as they always have been, but I, I was hoping for a little bit more from them over the course of the race. But notwithstanding that, uh, a, a surprisingly good race, considering I was a little pessimistic on the kind of entertainment spectacle that mexico might have put forward
0: i might be a little biased but my favorite overtake was lewis on charles lewis almost going up on the grass that was one of my favorite overtakes maybe of the whole year so far so we have an action-packed show for you as always tonight let's talk about what we're going to review here we'll review what happened in mexico because there are some key takeaways that are going to really set us up for the last three races of the year And then we'll move on to the last sprint race of 2023 at Interlagos. And what are some of the key strategies we need to thrive this week? The Fan Ant Picks of the Week are a staple on this show, where we're going to talk about some extra special questions for this week. And then we'll share our initial lineup choices. And they may change as the week goes on, but we'll share with you what we have so far. And then last but not least, we'll talk about our fifth gear Garms giveaway in question of the week. Mm -hmm. And so speaking of that giveaway and our contest, our winner this week chose to change my team name, and congratulations to Pranay for winning this week's contest. Pranay won a $50 gift card to our sponsor, fifthgeargarms.com, and changed my team name to Ferrari Fever, and maybe it'll inspire me to add some new Ferrari assets to my team in the lead-up to Brazil. So as we look ahead to Mexico, so the top story for our teams was we trusted Perez. We told ourselves over and over again, we need to take a break from him. We saw this window after a good U.S. Grand Prix. We brought him back in and he didn't make it out of turn one.
1: Yeah, look, I think, the, the question that came out of the weekend is that are we ever going to learn to just completely disconnect ourselves from Sergio Perez as a fantasy asset obviously really disappointing again um to DNF but to do it at your home Grand Prix where there's just so much expectation a lot of pressure um and to not even last a single lap turn one uh just absolutely heartbreaking for him so you know we've we've obviously been um, a little sceptical, had our reservations about him, particularly after his drives in Japan and Singapore where he, oh, sorry, was it Japan and Qatar? Um, I think it was where he DNF'd in both of those. Um, obviously, that comeback in Koda. I think maybe we were a little bit misguided by one performance and that clearly was the tail of the tape. So, Unfortunately for us, uh, most of which uh, I believe who follow along were, well, not most, but quite a few of us watching or, or playing fantasy were in on Sergio Perez. It's obviously a shame to see him go out like that and ultimately go out of our teams.
0: And for anybody considering Checo in the next three races, he this warning. so he has three negative point races out of the last four. And when you look at the last four races, the only drivers to score fewer points than Perez are (laughs) Logan Sargent, Liam Lawson, and Daniel Ricciardo. And remember, those last two haven't competed in all four of the last four races. So it is a good time to stay away from Checo unless you really want to roll the dice. And they mentioned this during qualifying last week. (laughs) He hasn't qualified on the front two rows of the grid since Belgium. And since Belgium, both Ricciardo and Alex Albon have a top four start. So it's a really bad look for him, not just for fantasy, but for these other drivers in the Red Bull stable that are eyeing his seat.
1: Yeah, I mean, Ricardo, conversely, and we'll get into him a little bit later in the show, put in his best performance of this season, maybe even his best performance. Um, in a car since perhaps winning that race in Monza a couple of years back. So I was really impressed by him. Obviously, I mean, sorry, I might stand corrected. He had a great drive at Mexico last year as well and got driver of the day. But, <clears throat> you know, the fact that he's being able to stick a car that you know, up until recently, was objectively the worst car on the grid into P4 and qualifying, I think there was going to be an expectation he'd lose a couple of positions over the race, but to still come away with a few points in P7, a tremendous drive, and there's a lot more pressure on Checo now heading into next year.
0: Absolutely. So while we lament another tough race for Perez, looking at the other side, drivers that had a really great drive, we've got to talk about Lando Norris next. He started the race low. He had this, this issue in qualifying. He had one mistake on his first mm-hmm. flying lap, and then his second flying lap was impeded by mm-hmm. the yellow flag from the Alonzo spin. So he started P17. They had him on an alternative tire strategy. We can see on the graph on the left. He came mm-hmm. in early, climbed all the way up, hang out between P8 and P10. There was that really well-timed red flag from the KMAG accident. And then... He dropped a few places on the restart, but then had an enormous recovery all the way up to P5. So a a terrific race for Lando.
1: Yeah, you wonder if it wasn't for that qualifying incident where he he really couldn't get out of of Q1, um, whether he'd be on for a podium. I had every expectation he probably would have been contending with Lewis um, for second place had everything gone his way that weekend. But still a tremendous drive to come through the field like that. I don't think we've seen that many overtakes um, in one weekend across the board since Netherlands I think this season which had obviously the weather being a factor too so um, a great result to come away with driver of the day his best fantasy result of the season and topped all drivers so if anyone went with autopilot they were hands- handsomely rewarded uh, with, with Lando's output uh, and I, I definitely think you know that puts him in good stead for the remainder of the season as a fantasy asset I don't have any intention of parting ways with him anytime soon either.
0: When you think about the steadiest drivers on the grid after Verstappen, yeah. Lando has 40 or more points in three straight, 30 or more points in five straight. So he's as solid as they come these days. And I'll tell you, I was very pessimistic on Saturday seeing the low qualifying results, worried about Mexico as a low overtake track. And he really exceeded my expectations and helped salvage my weekend after the Perez incident.
1: Yeah, look, a great, a great drive across the board is becoming, you know, I think. Um, after Verstappen, as you pointed out, one of the most reliable assets. I think Lewis certainly deserves to be in that conversation as well, and another asset that I think a lot of us are looking at for Brazil for a number of different reasons. But you know, as you pointed out, three forty-point performances hasn't had one a score below fifteen since, or only one score below fifteen since Canada. So um, that level of consistency. I don't believe he's had a DNF this season either um f- phenomenal phenomenal reliability not just as a fantasy asset but as a driver too
0: rob you mentioned a moment ago that the 16 overtakes were unexpected and there were three drivers that had 10 or more overtakes the number two driver for overtakes in mexico was yuki Sonoda, who retained his budget driver crown in another surprise effort out of alpha Tari. obviously the the star of that race from the team was Daniel Ricardo, sticking his second P7 in a row in Mexico. But Yuki again, scoring 20 points from those 14 overtakes, really a big surprise from him. Two races in a row where he's, he's looked this good.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's, it's obviously a great sign at, at that price point. He's gone up a couple million in the last couple of races because of 50 points over the last two races. I think he's the fourth over the, um, between Cota and Mexico, I think he's the fourth highest scoring driver. Um, So a great sign, great value for money at the moment. Um, And he's now equal second highest for overtakes um, in sprint and Grand Prix this season. So I think starting from the back or at least close to the back because a couple of guys um, started from the pit lane um, were, uh, yeah, it was a surprise. I I certainly thought he'd um, he'd make a few passes, um, but the fact he was – mixing it up in the points until that obviously costly error, um, trying to get past Piastri, uh, not ideal, but you know, imagine what it could have been had he not made that mistake, could have been on for a, maybe a 30, another 30-point 30 performance um, had he stayed in the points. But 20 points, if you had Sonoda, I unfortunately didn't, but you did. Um, you should definitely take that to the bank.
0: I was disappointed with the incident with Piastri because you could see he was a wounded car after that Lando passed him very shortly after. And if Yuki had just exercised a little bit of patience, I think he would have gotten that position and had the top 10 finish. And then they called it out on the broadcast. He found himself in the grass and was punching the steering wheel and having this tantrum little did he know he came back on track still as one of the fastest cars. He had two or three overtakes. And then there were a few surprise DNFs at the very end of that race. He found himself all the way back up at P 12, I wonder if, with a little bit more focus and effort, if he could have gotten back to the top ten just by merit. Had he focused,
1: I'd say it would have certainly been possible. It could have been a double points finish for Alpha Tauri in Mexico had he been able to just stay the course um, throughout the race. But you know that um, his teammate Daniel Ricciardo, obviously uh, well documented, how well he did across the weekend. Twelve points for him, his best fantasy result since coming back into, I guess, the frame um post broken wrist so uh, great result for him i had him not quite the 20 points but the fact that he's able to deliver that kind of performance in a car which since the upgrades is that actually look quite competitive and I, I i'm of the view that these two guys i know daniel's a little bit more affordable than yuki but they both make for excellent budget options if you're really strapped, strapped for cash at the moment
0: Two fun facts for you. One on Yuki is that he has 50 points in the last two weeks combined. The only drivers with more are Norris and Versappen. That's how incredible Yuki's last two weeks have been. And in the early Sims for Brazil this weekend, Alpha Tarare are listed as the number five constructor. So in the fringe of points again. So like Rob said, for those of you that are cash strapped and not using something like Limitless this weekend, I would recommend both Ricardo or Yuki in a, in a repeat performance in Brazil.
1: It's 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 very much a fall from grace for Joe, though, who you know up until recently was the king of the overtakes. And look, uh, he's still you're certainly um, up there when it comes to overtakes. I just think he's probably just fallen off the pace a little bit. Um, that Alfa Romeo is just, just so pedestrian. I know they've had their moments the last couple of weeks. Um, was it the double points finish they had in? in the us or was it Qatar? one of the two um but they just don't look that competitive anymore um and he's just not, not really in the conversation not really budget or budget adjacent because he's kind of in that seven million price bracket um and we haven't seen more than six overtakes from joe since the netherlands which was an overtake fest so uh he's kind of really fallen off our, our fantasy radars at the moment which is a shame
0: I was thinking the same thing. I wonder if in the evolution of these cars this year, if Alfa Romeo just haven't had the budget to keep up with these other teams and those Singapore upgrades from Alfa Tauri are really starting to propel them. And now they're up to P8 in the constructor's title. Mm -hmm. And maybe there is this shift of budget driver king to one or both of the Alfa Tauris.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, I'd love to talk about the regression of another car in the Aston Martin a little bit later in the video, but you can. You've, we've certainly seen in the last few races the change of fortune for, you know, the the guys that earlier in the season, such as McLaren and Tarry, that really struggled. They've really come up the field, and you've seen, you know, Alfa Romeo that was you know somewhat competitive early on in the season, um, and then obviously um, Aston Martin as well, and both of those guys have very much fallen back uh I mean looking at the constructors table yesterday with three races to go, there's the only real position on the the table to play for are the backmarkers at the moment fighting for that cherished seventh place but you know if Alpha Tauri can put in a couple more drives like we saw on the weekend then they could really chase down Williams for, for that spot
0: It'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. And and certainly as a Mercedes fan, I'm hoping they can hold on to P2 over Ferrari as well. This this weekend will be very telling for that. Let's move on now to review our lineups from Mexico and see how we did. You can see we were both strapped with Perez this week. We took minus 10. Thank goodness he had those four overtakes before he crashed himself out of the race, (laughs) or it could have been much worse. And the only difference was that I had Yuki in... Rob had Danny Rick so our global ranks I think they dipped a little bit but basically we're hanging out in the same range that we have over the last three weeks or so
1: yeah it's a a real frustrating um position to be in with Perez I I was really hoping I'd be able to rebound after that disappointing limitless in in Austin but um that one man on our screen just seems to be letting us down um every week so he's going to come out of my team for sure but you know looking across the board for the rest of the team yeah pretty pretty good result um you know it was i think the the first race this season where red bull wasn't even in the top three constructors if i'm not mistaken but um yeah or, or, or close to so um yeah they were behind mclaren ferrari and mercedes so a telling sign given perez's mixed fortunes but I just can't see myself um, moving away from Red Bull. I think Max and Lando are certain locks for the budget-constrained. Ricardo a great option, and McLaren, a great value-for-money constructor to own as well. So unless you're using a chip such as Limitless or Wildcard, I don't know if there's going to be much change heading into next week.
0: I agree that we should keep Red Bull on our team because this week was really a worst-case scenario. And even though they finished P4 among the constructors, they're only 24 points off of Mercedes for first place. If you look at other races, the difference between P1 and P4 can be upwards of 50, 60 points. That's a really big beating if you're on the wrong end of it. Max just by himself is able to hold on to that team so well that their floor is incredibly high. Yeah. If you If you like a funny story, I invite my followers to post their lineups on Sunday night and we can compare how everyone did one of my followers outscored me with Liam Lawson on their team because they had science instead of Perez. So <laughs> I don't know whether to, to laugh or cry over that, but it, it was, it was definitely an interesting comparison for sure.
1: That's, that's a uh, kind of classic fantasy. You, you can put so much thought into what your decision pro- making process is, but yet somehow, you know, a DNF, which I've got my own point of view on how heavily weighted it is to disadvantaging your team um, can really make or break your race week. So uh, maybe this is a a discussion for another time, but I really hope F1 consider uh, adjusting that because I think minus 20 is quite harsh for that kind of penalty when so many of us engaged strategists are putting a lot of thought and effort and time into making these decisions and then to be hit with um, minus 20 for something like that, it's um, obviously a little bit of a kick, kick in the gut.
0: You should have been in my living room when Yuki and Piastri made that contact. My blood pressure went through the roof because the thought of having Yuki, Piastri, Perez, Red Bull and McLaren all taking a DNF, my heart couldn't handle yeah. that anymore. No, no. Let's look ahead to this week and start talking about Brazil. I think the most asked question we've had in the lead up to this race is what do we do with our remaining chips? And there are three that were asked about the most limitless autopilot and final fix. If you haven't used limitless yet, Rob and I have been pretty steadfast this year that the sprint races are the best time to maximize the value of that chip. There are a lot of really good limitless builds that I think we can start unpacking more when we get to the Interlagos history in the next section but I would absolutely use Limitless right now if you still have it.
1: Yeah, fully agree. Um, There are a few people that have saved their extra DRS for, for Interlagos, but I think most of those people have already used their Limitless chips. So it is, given they're the two most powerful chips in the game, last sprint race of the season, absolutely get that locked in. I think for Limitless... Um, and I I know we only have one practice session worth of information as we always do on sprint race weekends, but I think a good starting point, a good skeleton for a limitless team could probably consist of something like Red Bull and Mercedes as constructors, Verstappen, Hamilton and Norris. And then the last two positions I'd I'd probably have an opinion on, but I I think there's maybe a little bit of variance between drivers such as Russell, Leclerc and Signs, Perez, if you can trust the guy, but I think given his form lately, you're boiling down to two Ferrari and and George Russell.
0: When we look at the other chips, autopilot, also a great week to have that chip. Max is typically the best 2X driver, but we're going to get into Lewis's history in a moment. And it's very strong and a really great buffer. If you can have a build with those two Titans on your team, there's a decent chance that Lewis could pick up fastest lap or driver of the day or both and just edge out Max. And we saw last week that people, he can be beat as Lando did um, a very similar thing between his overtakes and driver of the day he etched him out.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I, um, I've got autopilot left, um, and I'm definitely going to use it either Brazil or Las Vegas. I think Las Vegas is more of, if I did use it there, a security blanket, cause we haven't raced there before. It's got, you know, very much, um, oh, it is a straight circuit as well. So much narrower. Um, uh, but again, to your point, you've made, you know lewis has got an exceptional record at brazil um if he's able to squeeze out you know that one of those extra 10 point bonuses then there's every possibility he can outscore max but max has been exceptional in sprint races this year i looked into the numbers a little bit earlier today you know in the sprint races we've had he's outside of baku being the highest scoring driver um In all of those races, and I think given there's just more points on offer, he's got more of an opportunity to, if he has a bad, say, qualifying or a bad sprint qualifying, he's got that opportunity in such a good car to make those passes in the sprint race or in the Grand Prix and edge himself ahead of Lewis. But I think Mercedes have closed the the gap to Red Bull, as we've expected. So I think there's probably more of an opportunity for Lewis to capitalize on the strength of that car, he's recorded into Lagos, and you never know. He could, as you say, come out with the highest fantasy score for the weekend.
0: And just to touch on Final Fix, it's a difficult chip to prepare for, but do keep an eye on Ferrari. They've had this rumor of taking a new engine for a while. Obviously, with only three races left, Abu Dhabi's probably too late, so it's either now or Vegas. So keep an eye out between the sessions. If they don't like what they see in qualifying or if they qualify low, they may just suck it up and take the power unit and, and then they're a great candidate for overtakes. And then maybe you want to make that final fix for uh, if you have Lando or God forbid you still have Checo in your lineup, a good swap you could make there.
1: Yeah. You've got your final fix as well, okay. don't you? I do. Yeah.
0: I do. So, I'm do. very, very tempted to, to use it this week. If I see something that, this seems out of place in qualifying because I think the overtake potential is huge for them.
1: Well, we had Magnussen on P1 two years ago, so maybe we have someone like Ricardo or, or Yuki Tsunoda in like the top two.
0: Whoa. That would be something special. Yeah, it wouldn't, wouldn't it? That's you- a great segue into our history of Interlagos because there are a few drivers that perform particularly well here. <clears throat> It's headlined by Hamilton. I think we know a a lot of the headlines with Lewis. He's won this race three times. But what's interesting to me is that he's won driver of the day the last two years. So he won this race in 2021. And in 2022, George Russell won his first F1 race, but Lewis still got driver of the day because there was this contact with Max early in the race, sent them both down the grid, and Lewis made a really strong recovery run whereas George didn't have to fight for first past the first few turns. And so Lewis got driver of the day then too. I think it shows how much momentum he has at this track and how he could be the top scoring driver this week.
1: Yeah, definitely. He's uh, um, the honorary citizen, as you've been sure to remind me a couple of times uh, at Brazil. Uh, and he's he's obviously got um, a great support network behind him in, in that part of South America. So I think... You couple that with the overtakes in a car that looks exceptionally competitive. um, I have very high hopes for him this weekend. I think a lot of people now that they have, we all have a little bit more budget in our teams. Lewis's price hasn't quite increased as much as some of um, the other drivers we've had, such as Lando. uh, I think that enables... Lewis uh, but you can also go to go for say the, the Mercedes constructor if you want a piece of that Mercedes pie without having to outlay that cost of 25 odd million for just one asset in your team so keep that in mind uh, but I think it makes Mercedes in general a very attractive or very attractive assets to own heading into this race so yeah I think I think he'll feature in my team or Mercedes will feature in my team um, but by how much or how many assets uh, I'm not quite sure yet.
0: Something to think about, too, is Ferrari. Maybe it's just the new team name that's getting to my brain, but the early Sims have them as the P2 constructor ahead of Mercedes, which I found shocking. And Science at this track, he finished P3 in 2019 and 2022. So he has a strong history at this track. And I think history could play into predicting some of these strong performances. It was in this space last week that we had predicted Daniel Ricciardo was going to have a good race because he had p7 finish in 2022 and then top 10 finishes in the years before that and it played out that way so i wonder if this is another one of those tracks where history can predict a a surprise finish
1: perhaps i mean we've been i think we've been right on a number of occasions so far this season i think we've also been wrong a couple of times too so but i think i think um as we pointed out mercedes has has a has a great record there um, across the board. Uh, I I don't know necessarily if I'm going to try and read into the simulations too much, and I, I'm not so sure if I can afford um, much Ferrari coverage this weekend, unless of course I want to compromise on on say Lewis Hamilton. But with talk of that grid penalty, you pointed out earlier that Leclerc may take this would probably make the most sense for Ferrari to take a grid penalty because. At Las Vegas, we've, they've never raced there before. Um, and then why would you take one at Abu Dhabi? So you never know. He Leclerc could really enter the conversation as a as a very noteworthy fantasy asset to own um, with that overtake potential if he starts at the back.
0: I've got a somewhat hot take on someone I may avoid this week that I otherwise wouldn't, and that's Lando. So when you look at his history at this track, he DNF'd in 2022, there was this incident with Charles early in the race that they both survived. Leclerc had a good recovery run. Lando kept going in the race. He had an engine failure later on, that's why he retired. But then he's never finished higher than P8 in his previous races. And it's interesting—you had mentioned this at the top of the show. He's one of only three drivers that haven't DNF this year. We have him, Verstappen, and Lewis, because technically he had a DQ, not a DNF. It's unlikely that three drivers go the whole season without an engine problem or an incident. So I'm thinking just law of averages. If it's going to come back to someone and Lando traditionally hasn't done that well at this track and is there room for Max to Ferraris and to Mercedes and Lando in the top six, he could be the odd man out of of the top point finishes.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a a great point to make. I I'm trying to not get too caught up in DNF history at at circuits because it's been something I've tried to or at least I've read into a little bit in other races this season and I mean I know street circuits in particular can carry some degree of risk because of how narrow the straights and the turns are, but this is a track that is quite wide. There's a lot of opportunity to run wide and make overtakes, passes, etc. The the McLaren, I, I'd also argue, is probably the strongest McLaren Lando Norris has ever been in since he's driven on the grid. So, sure, I I, I mean, I, I certainly get that he hasn't ever... I don't think you said he'd ever podiumed um, at, into Lagos, and um, that's fair enough, but I also fully expect with the form he's in at the moment in such a competitive car particularly at circuits like mexico for instance even the us grand prix where we were very very low on mclaren he still seemed to turf out two podiums so i'm not going to write him off entirely but um you know law of averages i I will give you that there is probably (laughs) there's probably got to be at least one chance he um dns this season but it would have to be if he has another poor qualifying gets caught up in the meat grinder of the back markers that probably where that could have a little bit more risk
0: we'll see how that one shakes out and we'll see if i have the guts to actually pull lando from my lineup because <laughs> i suppose i have to put my money where my mouth is if i think it's really a hot take. sure let's move on now to the fan amp picks of the week and so we have three because it's a sprint weekend so in qualifying which previous brazilian grand prix race winner qualifies the lowest we have george lewis and max
1: that's a tough one because mercedes you know we've we've talked about how good they can be at brazil max is sensational qualifier um for the most part i'm gonna say george russell i just i just think uh he has looked much weaker this year than he did last year. Lewis is in a rich vein of form at a circuit he loves. And Max Verstappen, the only person I can really see, I know I know, there's been P1s from Mercedes um, at, at various points in the last couple of seasons, but um, for me, Leclerc's the only real threat to, to Max as a qualifier. So um, I have to say George Russell um, out of these three guys.
0: Unfortunately, I agree as much as I'd like to see George qualify in the front row, he hasn't had the best qualifying form this year. He might surprise us in the race. He surprised us in the race last year too. So hopefully he qualifies in the first row or two, but of these three, unfortunately he's the last.
1: Next question is how many overtakes in the sprint do we expect there will be 20 or more 10 to 19 or nine or less? What's your take, Adam?
0: I did my homework. There were thirty-eight overtakes in the Sprint of Brazil last year, so give me the over.
1: I was I was going to say twenty or more seems very likely. It's a circuit that has so much opportunity for people to run two cars wide in a lot of parts of the sectors, and particularly that kind of anti-clockwise straight coming through sector three into sector one. Um, a lot of, uh, I guess, a lot of parts of the track there that you're going to see. You know teams with high top speeds or high straight line speed like Ferrari and Williams, Red Bull make those passes. So keep an eye on Charles Leclerc, Alex Albon, Carlos Signs to, to snap up a few of those if, if for whatever reason we find them kind of qualifying below P3, P4.
0: Sounds good. And for the Grand Prix, which tire strategy does George Russell use?
1: I think a lot of that hinges on largely if it becomes a, a red flag or a safety car in the race. Um, I'm not going to say I know off the top of my head what the historical tyre strategy for the Brazilian Grand Prix is, but I'm going to say two-stop. I don't say that with a lot of confidence, though.
0: I'll, I'll run through these really quickly in my head. No stops in a full-length race means a disqualification. Mm. maybe you have an incident like spa a few years ago where the race is terminated due to weather or something. That's the only mm. other way you could do no stops. Pirelli are saying this is either a one stop or two stop race with, I think strategies leaning toward two stop three stop would be if you have a safety car, a red flag and you want a cheaper free pit stop mm. or you're fitting softs at the end of the race. Cause you have a 22nd gap to the next position. You want to steal fastest lap. Mm. I'll probably say George keeps it right over the middle and does a two-stop strategy.
1: Yeah, fair fair assessment. You provided I'll a move. lot more context to that question than
0: I certainly did. <laughs> you know, I've only won the Fanet Picks of the Week once all season, so context, context aside, it seems like someone always beats me. <laughs> Let's move on now to the weather, because for the first time in a while, there is a little rain, and Friday's important this week because we have. Free practice one and qualifying. So the one session we have to actually make some inferences on the cars could be under wet conditions. And then the qualifying that sets the grid for Sunday could be under wet conditions where we see some maybe surprise Q1 exits. If you have a track just getting wet or a track just getting dry, tire strategy timing could be huge.
1: Yeah, I I, I mean, heading into Brazil from months ago, I was always conscious of weather risk, rain risk. Uh, Definitely not as bad as it's been in the past, Uh, but for the Friday qualifying could really spring a couple of surprises on us. So um, just keep that in mind. That was exactly how Kevin Magnussen managed to qualify on P1 two years ago with that, Um, was it George Russell who crashed um, that got, or KMAG, the the P1, whatever it was, um, it was prompted by the wet weather. So, you know, as we said earlier, it could bring another surprise on us where someone from the midfield somehow jumps up into P1, P2. Um, But if it's a dry race Saturday, Sunday, Interlagos is one of my favorite circuits on the calendar. I always find it such a great racing spectacle for those overtakes. So hopefully it's an uninterrupted um, sprint and Grand Prix.
0: We'll see how that shakes out. And and for those of us with the final fix, we're keeping a close eye on that rain on Friday and what it does to the action on track.
1: Mm.
0: Let's talk about our lineups now because I had some real difficulty setting mine. And as soon as I submitted this to our producer, I already had some buyer's remorse about a lineup that includes Alonzo. I was trying to obviously fit Verstappen and Hamilton with two safe constructors, put my money where my mouth was on Lando to fit my budget, but I'm not really happy with where I landed because Aston Martin has given us absolutely nothing these last few races. They double DNF'd in Mexico. Joe has been good with overtakes, but like you said, over the last five, six races, that's faded a bit and the Alpha Towers have taken its place. So I'm a little bit jealous of your team and and seeing it across the screen here, I might steal it.
1: Look, I... um. I would have loved to have got to Alex Albon. I think if you have the budget to swap out Sonoda for Alex Albon, that is a a great option. Um, Just because of the straights through sectors one and three, uh, I'm priced out, I think, by 0.2 million or something absurd like that. So not too pleased about that. Um, But I think, you know, Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton, Red Bull, and McLaren, and probably Ricardo as well for me, just because of his price point, all almost certain locks. Um, Lando looked great. I know there could be a reason to move him out for someone like Charles Leclerc if we find those grid penalties um, come up. And then, yeah, Sonoda, I guess he's been um, the budget driver king lately. So seemed like a logical fit if I couldn't stretch to Alex Albon. Fernando Alonso, um, I know you have some kind of, uh, uncertainty around him as a fantasy asset and understandably so what was the the logic that you decided to land on him initially i know we haven't locked in our teams but walk me through
0: that i thought race history was helpful i still have a sense that those upgrades for master martin should be okay i think back to qatar or maybe it was the u.s whatever race it was where stroll really looked good with that, that new floor and the new concept they had, it's just a matter of keeping the car on track and, and trying to get as much performance from the car as you could in qualifying. But it does mean I'm extrapolating a lot because these last few races, they've given us almost nothing. And they seem to be retiring the car for a lot of strange reasons too. Alonso had a a weird spin that interrupted Q1 in qualifying for Mexico. So even he seems off and maybe i'm thinking too much into this but he's had a very busy week in the news too so is any of this getting in his head the rumors of retirement the rumors of joining red bull like i i'm not sure if i want to take all these risks on alonso
1: yeah i i think you know he had that great drive back in the netherlands 62 points a lot of that again was because of the overtakes most most drivers racked up that weekend but you know, since then, 5, minus 1, 16, 25, minus 9, minus 16. Um, you know, DNFs have obviously played a part in that too, but um, the car just looks abysmal. Like, you're seeing him getting passed by Logan Sargent, for goodness sake, and um, he just doesn't seem to have anything. Like, he's a great driver, but a, a part of it obviously comes down to the car too, and it just doesn't seem to have the pace. All of their upgrades have gone backwards. Uh, it's It's a pretty sorry sight for someone who, you know, six months ago, we thought would be challenging Max of the World Drivers' Championship.
0: It's definitely been a sad state of affairs for Aston Martin. And I think as the week goes on, you will probably see me pivot out of him somewhere. It's interesting, though, on these sprint weekends, we don't usually have the benefit of rider simulations. We only have one session on track and it's going to be wet. So I might just have to make a couple of dart throws on Thursday night and Friday morning to set my lineup and, and just go with it. And I'm, I'm hoping for some sense of differential this week. I want to try to claw my way up without doing anything. That's that's too dangerous.
1: Mm. Yeah. I think there's a lot of, um a lot of teams that are, are zombie teams that obviously haven't changed their lineup. People that are no longer playing the game that have the triple red bull, the triple Aston Martin and Joe in their team. And, Yeah, last week you had, you know, Stroll minus 16, Perez minus 10. uh, Sorry, Alonso minus 16, Perez minus 10. Um, Strolls look pretty out of shape as well recently and and Joe came away with two points. So uh, a lot of those guys that looked pretty good after the 10 or so races that hadn't changed their team once are are probably sitting in the uh, hundreds of thousands again.
0: And in my mind, I'm trying to see if I can go through two levels of zombie teams. There's the teams that were triple Red Bull, triple Aston Martin from the summer. And then I wonder if there are teams that are just maybe not hitting whatever their targets are. They're out of their many leagues. They're in the four or five thousands and they're just they know they're not going to win the whole thing. And maybe they're quitting with a triple Red Bull, triple Aston Martin. So now these are the races where these little differentials could get me past some of those other teams that have started to give up. So fingers crossed that this is the week you and I make a comeback because we're due for some good luck.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think my, uh, my hopes of a 1,000 is ser- top 1,000 is certainly out the door, but top 5,000 is fading pretty fast as well. So just one race without a DNF would be nice. I don't think I've had one race since Monza that I haven't had at least one driver in my team not finish the race. So just one clean race week would be obviously much needed. <laughs>
0: I'm pulling for you, Rob. I hope that lineup does it for you. Let's move on and finish with our contest for this week. You can see in the bottom right-hand corner which constructor will score the most fantasy points this week, Ferrari or Mercedes. So make sure you head over to the Fanamp app, go to the Fantasy Formula Base, and tell us in the chat. I'll have already posted my answer in there so you know where to go. The winner will again receive fifty dollars toward our sponsor, FifthGearGarms.com, and you'll have the chance to rename either my team or Rob's for Las Vegas. And remember, use our code Fantasy Ten for ten percent off your next order on FifthGearGarms.com. Rob, do you want to comment on which constructor you think will score more?
1: Yeah, I think heading into this weekend, I was pretty high on Mercedes. I still think they will have a very good race, uh, but. You obviously called out the simulations earlier. Ferrari do look quite competitive. I think they will be you know, a team to a force to be reckoned with around Interlagos with those straights, as I mentioned before. Uh, but I just think with um, the home crowd support uh, for Lewis uh, and the team, um, I'm expecting Mercedes to put in uh, a very decent points performance. So um, the Silver Arrows are my pick there. What about you?
0: I am going to put some positive energy in the world and go for Ferrari because one, I'm hoping that Mercedes will hear me say that and put two on the podium. But also I think truthfully, Mercedes is going to finish higher in the race, but Ferrari will score more points because they're going to take those engine penalties, make all those overtakes and still find themselves in the top five to seven. So that's how they do it.
1: I think as well, Ferrari um, have had a few, extra instances this season of fast pit stops. So if the, and Mercedes just aren't quite that, obviously fine at the pit stops too, but um, Ferrari have had their, their moments in the pit for better or for worse, but those fast pit stop points have come into fruition a couple of times this season. So maybe they bank three, five, maybe even a 10 pointer if they can rival it with McLaren, for instance.
0: I'm really looking forward to this week. I thought I would be a little bit burnt out at the end of a triple header, but I'm as excited as ever for this race. Should be a good one.
1: Definitely. I'm looking forward to it too. And deadline stream on Friday. So lots to look forward to, right?
0: Deadline stream is on Friday, one hour before qualifying. We're going to have some of the top players in the world in the chat hanging out with us. Rob and I are going to field all of your questions and we have a special guest that'll be joining us with some extra perspective as we look ahead to this week's race. So I'm really looking forward to our stream too. That's our show for tonight. Good luck this week. And I hope to see you all on Friday.